photography lovers, how are you today? Are you super excited for WWE? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Don't stop the podcast, please. I'm just kidding. It's the fashion photography podcast. And I'm Virginia. I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. That's so weird. I just felt like I want to do this. It was obviously a wrong feeling. So guys, let me tell you about the Fashion Photography Podcast because that's exactly where you are today and exactly what you're listening to. My name is Virginia. I'm the host of this show and I'm also advertising and fashion photographer. And I'm here to share with you my experience along with the experience of some great creatives around the world. And when I refer to we and us, I'm usually talking about those amazing guests, me, and of course, the editor and producer of the show, George. So if you're here for the very first time, I want to remind you to go to photographypodcast.net and take a look at episode one and two of this podcast, because these are three different separated parts of our amazing interview with Luke Wooden. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about the art of printing. And the cases when a website can be a necessity for a photographer and how to curate your work for your portfolio and why. And I think you all know why, but I also think it's very important. And Luke is giving us some great advices on the different ways and what we can do in order to get an amazing portfolio. We're also discussing this moment when a client is coming to you and they're like, do whatever you like, but huh, is there a trick in this or it's all good and you can definitely do whatever you like? We're discussing this like photographer to photographer and I think it's going to be very cool for you to listen and also to share your opinion. You can do that in the Fashion Photography Podcast Facebook group. You can find a link to it in the show notes and also there you can find a link to Shoestring Magazine. They're our partners and they're also taking submissions. And you can take a look at their submission guidelines from the links in the show notes. But let's just go back to the podcast today and the topics in it. We are answering the question why it's so essential for all of us to help each other and how working with the right people can bring your career to a whole new level. And in case you're working with particular retouchers, how to prepare your ideas for them, how to give them the right information on what you want to see at the end. In addition to all of this, Luke is going to share some of his favorite apps and resources. So because I know that you're super excited for this interview, thanks to all of your DMs on Instagram and Facebook messages, and I'm super grateful for all of them, I think it's time to go straight to the podcast. Have you ever had the opposite experience when a client gives you the opportunity to try something new and at the end they're like, nah, we don't like that? I don't know if anything jumps to mind, but yeah, I mean, that, that sort of idea definitely comes up. I mean, you can always say like, hey, what do you think? And you'll show it to me. You go, ah, can we make it more like this or can we make it more like that? But that's part of the collaborative process. So I think as long as you're open to hearing what they're saying and putting your touch on it, usually it works out okay. Actually brought up a topic of mine that I truly love, <laughs> portfolios. Oh, nice. So you said that you have an actual book. Can you switch the photos or it's like a real, real book? Yeah, you can switch the photos. It's slightly challenging. I print on 11 by 17 double-sided paper and then you'll basically drill holes on the left side and then you bind it in like a portfolio made sort of custom with my name on it. Mm -hmm. So it's not super easy to update, but 
you definitely can do it. You sort of have to like make a couple new prints, take some things out, add some things in. But I just think it looks so cool. What about your website? How often do you update it? I think websites are a very interesting topic, especially with the social media today. I try to update it as soon as I get some new stuff that's finalized. So if I get some new retouched images in and I'm looking at it like, oh, this is really, really cool. I'll just try to, whenever I have free time, put it on my website. I don't do mega updates to it, but I'm always kind of like adding some things, taking some things down. And then I think every year or two, you should probably do a little revamp on your site, try to make it work a little quicker, maybe like tweak a layout or something like that. It should have some reflection of your personality or your sensibility. Taking some things out of your website, it was very interesting. Do you have tips on what we need to remove from our portfolios? I think every photographer is different. I think it's really good to get a second opinion because all photographers, you'll say like, I really love that image. And some will say, yeah, but is that in your style or does that complement your work? Or is that the kind of stuff that you want to be shooting? And those are the things that you should really think about. I think if you have on one page, you have like 17 different styles of photography on one page, that's going to be a little bit confusing. Even me over time, slowly starting to narrow down my focus and sort of keep whittling the stick over time is really important. So a lot of times a buddy of mine will say, hey, Luke, can you come over and look at my portfolio? And he'll say, what do you think? And I'll just say, I don't know about that image. And they go, oh, I really like that. Why don't you like it? And you go, I don't know. I just don't like the color. And I just think it's weird. It doesn't look as good as some of these other photos. And what you want to do in your work and your website is basically your best of best, right? You're basically putting all of your favorite or your best shots or the shots that you want to represent you. And that's what it is. And so if there's something that's like not as good or doesn't live up to that and it kind of waters the pack down, you should probably get rid of it. But that is very challenging because sometimes you might have not a great photo of a very famous person. And mm -hmm. so then you try to find that balance. Do I want to include maybe not the greatest photo, but a photo of a famous person? Who have trusted me, yeah. Totally. Maybe never get a chance to work with that person again. So this is my one shot of that person. Because my photo was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, you know. I completely agree with you that it's nice to ask people for their opinion. But I think you really need to consider who you're asking exactly. Because if you're asking your mother or your wife, you're probably wrong. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I love it. You know, they yeah, always love it. You made it. It's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're saying, the community of photography is, is sometimes is not as strong as it could be where if you were able to reach out to your mentors and say, hey, can you take a look at my website? And they say, yeah, sure. I'll take a look at your website and I'll give you a few notes. That would be like incredibly impactful. And I think over time, having that relationship with like a mentor is probably really, really important. I'm saying this now on podcast to everybody out there. So don't everybody hammer me at once. But I am always like if a young person says like, I love your work and I just want you to look at my website and give me a couple quick notes. I always try my best to help anybody that sort of asks for help. So, so sweet of you. You know what? Do you think it's a very, very important part for every photographer to have actual website or they can just go on with an Instagram account? If you want to do bigger commercial productions, if you want to work at a higher level, you're going to need a website. Just because a client may quickly look at your Instagram and say, oh, yeah, I see some cool pictures on here. And, oh, I see some BTS or, oh, I see you with your dog. Or, I see you with a cactus or something like that. But I also see some cool pictures in here. Let me go look at your website. And then you look at the website and you get a good sense of, oh, these are real productions. This is the kind of work I can expect from this guy. So I think if you're going to do like a job for Pepsi, 
they're going to definitely look at your website. But if you're doing a fun, cool fashion brand, they do swimwear or and they look at your Instagram, you have a lot of followers and all your pictures are like these awesome pictures on locations of beautiful girls in swimsuits, you may be able to still get that job. I just think as you get to a higher and higher level, it's probably good to have both. I actually maintain my website much better than I do my Instagram. I always want like my website to be sort of what represents me. And then the Instagram is a little bit more, it has some behind the scenes and has some final pictures. Every once in a while, there's like a joke on there or I have a picture of one of my terriers. <laughs> so I feel like that's like a window into like who you are more as a person. Although people now are using their Instagrams as portfolios, so they're curating them a lot more. Oh, yeah. You know, there's like layouts and crazy, you know, there's metrics about how to get more followers and things like that. And I'll, I think to try to be successful at anything you're doing, to try to hit as many of the topics as you possibly can, whether like you have a good website, you have a good portfolio, you have a good Instagram, you have good crew, you have, you have to hit all of the buttons, as many of them as you can to give yourself the best chance to move forward. Yeah, you have to do that. But at the end, you're like a crazy person. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you get stressed out and you have to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> True. I feel like you're having a sound machine. You mentioned a cat and I heard a cat on the background. Is this normal? <laughs> We're cat sitting for a friend and we... Oh my God. <laughs> we don't have a cat, but he's very vocal. And so when my friend's not around, he usually just cries all day. So it's not a sound machine because with the horn the last time and now the cat Oh you can just God. cut the cat out. I'll be like, coo, coo, coo. Yeah, I'll have one of those uh, one of those sound horns in the background. Every time I say something good, you can be like, coo, coo, coo. <laughs> We can try that. The editor is having the notes, so I'm sure yeah. you know what to do. <laughs> you mentioned followers. So how important do you think they are? Are you looking for more followers? Because you guys need to know that his Instagram account and also his website are linked in the show notes so you know where to find them. I think everybody wants an, uh, an audience and the more people we can show our work to, the better. I, mean, I don't think everybody wants to make art and then nobody ever sees it. More followers is good. I think I'm less intense about it or less focused on it than I should be. But I feel like the, where I'm the most happy is if I'm working on a production or if I'm getting out on set and I'm taking pictures and I'm collaborating and I'm you know, working with retouchers and doing that stuff. That's like where I'm where I really like to spend most of my time. I don't love working on the computer aspect of photography as much. So my little brother is actually my digital tech. I always tell everybody it's a family business. So my little brother is D-Rex Digital <laughs> on Instagram. And he works with some other people when we have a couple of days off and he gets a cool opportunity. He'll, he'll sometimes go and take a job with someone else, but him and I work together. So he helps me with a ton of the back end, which is so much time. So while he's doing that, I can do something else. So you're not the one retouching the photos too? I'm not usually the one that's retouching my own work. I'll usually work with a retoucher or with agency or something like that. A lot of times clients will have in-house retouching as well. So it's always different, but I'll retouch little things here and there. Like if I get a final image back from a retoucher and I go, ah, oh, they missed this one little thing or missed that one little thing. Or sometimes I'll, I'll take low-res pictures and I'll sort of do some mock-ups really quickly to send to a retoucher or I'll mm -hmm. see what's possible. If we're doing like comping something together where someone's being shot over here and being placed over here, I'll sort of do some really rough stuff to kind of like see if it, how it works and how it looks, kind of like a puzzle piece. But the actual refinement and perfection of, of retouchers, photo finishing is such an important part of what we do. And I get like 85% in-camera. I'm one of these guys that's like an in-camera guy, but just like having skin retouching and beauty retouching be very tasteful where yeah. it doesn't look overly done 
Also, I think color is super, super important. And so I want to work with people who are really, really good at color and really, really good at retouching because I'm not necessarily super incredible at that because I don't like sitting at the computer all day. But yeah, I, I mean, I can get myself out of a jam, but you want to work with the best. To have the best results. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times that's like, hey, I don't really have, you know, like asking really good people to like do favors or say like, hey, I'll give, I'll give you this, this job. If you can help me on this little thing I have, I have less money for that. Sort of trying to form relationships with a bunch of people that you really, that you really want to work with. Because a lot of times someone will say, oh, who do you want to retouch this? And you want to be able to say, oh, for this, this guy does really great beauty work or this person does really great sports work or, you know, having those resources and relationships is super important. Has it always been like that? You have not researched your photos since the very beginning of your career? No, I, I definitely when you're starting out, you obviously are doing a lot more of it. But I think as you want your work to get better and better and better, that's when you start to work with other people. Now, there are photographers who are also incredible retouchers. So I think there are a lot of people who say, I'll shoot a job and then I also will retouch the job. And I think that's totally valid. And for me, even now, I'm still trying to learn more little tips and tricks in Photoshop to make my work look better. And for me, my thing I've been kind of working on is, is sort of dialing in some color looks and sort of trying to understand color space. So I'm always like messing around in Photoshop. I mean, every day I open Photoshop, right? But opening an image and starting from completely from raw to completely photo finishing it and doing it 100%, I don't really do that very much anymore. And talking about learning, because we've been talking about so many other stuff since the beginning of this conversation, do you have some favorite websites or apps that you prefer using? I'm always kind of looking around on the internet and finding different stuff. If you're out there and you want to learn some really basic tips and tricks on Photoshop that is actually like pretty easy to understand, I think there's a video blog called Full Learn. Full Learn. Yeah, I love these guys. Yeah, and, and that guy, he just says like, oh, hey, hey, let me teach you how to do a cool this or a cool that. Or, hey, do you want to add some hair in on this shot for a model? He just walks it through so you can actually go step by step. I think learning like that is a little bit easier. He'll say, hey, here's how to make some fun color looks. I have some plugins, obviously, in Photoshop, too, that can give you film looks or color looks. And I'm always, like, I'll take a low-res picture and before I make selects, and I'll, I'll kind of start messing with some filters and go, ooh, yeah, I like this color space. And so then I can send that over to the retoucher and say, hey, this is what I did. Can you make the campaign look like this? Because if you work with a retoucher, you still want to get your look across. Oh, of course. You know, it's important to, like, work with them in a, in a way in which they're not just doing whatever they want unless they're incredible. There are a couple of retouchers I say, here's some photography. Just wow me. Just give it back to me and be like, holy shit. There's an agency down the street from my house in Silver that th these girls are like incredible. You know, you just give them work and just say like, what do you think? And they're always like, what do you think? And it's like, I think whatever you think. <laughs> <laughs> and then they send you something and then you make some notes and sort of guide the process. But it's fun to work with people who are super talented like that. Yeah, it's always nice. And what about some other resources, not necessarily for Photoshop? You can just tell us what do you have on your phone and what are the websites that you're usually looking at? I'm not really a, a super big app guy. I have Afterlight, which is kind of like a color correction app for photos in your phone. I think Afterlight's pretty cool. You can buy filter packs and you can make little micro adjustments and stuff. I think that's really cool. Headspace is a pretty cool app for meditation. I love it too. And my friend, he actually just told me of one that's like way incredible. It's like this whole entire community, people, and they're uploading uh, different meditations and you can save things and stuff. And I don't know what the name of it is. So when I figure it out, I'll, I'll write you back. Okay. <laughs> you don't use many apps. Are you more like a book guy and print guy? <laughs> 
definitely. I always have a, a journal with paper and a pen, like a nice Ooh, pen with me, pretty much everywhere I go. I think for production, creating lists and to-do lists and equipment lists and even quoting and getting numbers from a bunch of different people, I'll sort of write everything down on paper and then eventually type it up. And I actually bought a, a high-end Epson printer at my house, and I've been making a ton of prints in my work. I printed my own portfolio, sort of taught myself how to print, which is a little bit of a learning curve. But I think for people to see their work on a print is so important, especially young up-and-coming photographers that have only really seen their photography like so low res. When you see a print and like 300 DPI and it's big, you're like, oh my gosh, this looks so good. I think it's very exciting to understand the quality that you're doing. You know, everything can look really, really good on Instagram, but when you blow those shots up gigantic, you'd go, oh, it says looks so good, or the color isn't that great. So it's really cool to have physical prints, especially if you can hand them out to people or just like keep them or if you're going to sell prints, do anything like that. It's, it's really, really fun. I'm more of a hands-on guy and a little bit less computer-oriented. How did you time yourself on printing? My friend spent a lot of time teaching himself stuff about printing. He paid professionals to come over to his house and give him tutorials. He went through like boxes and boxes of paper to find all the best. There's the best paper in the world. And he basically was so cool. He just was like, I'll save you a lot of time. You just <laughs> do this, this, and this. And I was like, cool. So he saved me a lot of time. That's a real friend. Exactly. Because a lot of times photographers are secretive of the lights they use or, the, or their process or who they use for retouching and things like that because of how competitive the industry is. Yeah. But if you have a good couple people in your crew that you can share ideas with is, is very helpful. It's so nice to have somebody to share your ideas with, especially if it's a person part of the industry who can actually relate and understand you. I think it's crucial. Yeah, I totally agree. We're like lone wolves. It gets lonely out here being a photographer. You know, no one to complain to. Either. If you're a photographer and you lost a couple jobs or you, you know, you're sort of like feeling, I don't know about this, or you're having an existential crisis. It's really hard to go to people and say like, oh man, like this photo thing, this and that. And people go like, you're a photographer. Like, that would be awesome. Like, I would never be bummed out. I think the idea of sharing your ideas or bouncing ideas off of each other is super important. Just keep yourself motivated. And also a great way to come up with some new ideas, because I truly believe that when you say it out loud, you can come up with so many new ideas. And I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's like having lunch with someone and throwing ideas around. You can come away with a whole, whole new creative perspective. Absolutely. Have you had your existential crisis yet? <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> really? What do you do to get rid of it? We love what we do so much that we're like so passionate about it that little things can affect you so much. And I think just realizing that it's all part of the process. And the other thing is, if you talk with other people, you might realize, hey, this happens all the time. I remember I got this job. It was like my dream job. It was like incredible. It was totally locked down. We're shooting in three days. And then the job just goes away for whatever reason, because that's just what happens. The talent isn't, you can't make it or this just happened or we're not even going to shoot that product anymore. We're canceling the whole entire campaign. And that's something like a vice president would preordain. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, you're, you're bummed out. And I said to my, my really good friend who's a photographer for a long time, he's a lot older than me. And I said, man, I lost this job this week. And it's just blah, blah. He goes, yeah, that happens to me six times a month. You know, and I was like, oh, you know what I mean? It was like, he's like, that's part of the process. You get, you lose. You. And so I think people working with each other and all talking with each other, saying like these things are normal. And then also being excited about something and then being like, oh, it goes away. That's also normal, too. I think it's important for people to just keep moving forward, no matter what you're going through. Oh, I love that. 
What are your advices for the people that are in the industry right now and they're maybe even struggling or maybe they're happy right now, but they can use a little bit of courage and good word from you? <laughs> I just think that you always have to keep moving forward. Pursuing your dreams is so important. I also think that if someone is your favorite photographer or is like someone you really, really idolize, don't be scared to reach out to them or just ask them like, hey, can I come on set with you? Or like, hey, can you look at my portfolio? Or hey, do you have any advice? I think we have to put ourselves out there. We have to be a little bit vulnerable. If anybody wants to reach out to me and say like, hey, I need some advice or I need this, feel free. I reach out to one of my heroes of photography and he's like, yeah, let's go get lunch. And it's one of those things where you think like, oh, they're too busy because we're all busy all the time. But you just have to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to share your ideas or tell people what your ideas are. Go out there and make some mistakes. Have fun. Try to find your personal voice. I think it's better than sitting in a basement on the computer all day working for somebody else. If there's any way that you can get out there and work on sets and do production, it's, it's an honor. I think it's important to not take it for granted when you actually are doing jobs to say like, this is what I've worked my whole life to do. It is important to say that, yeah. To never forget what you wanted and that it's accomplished now. Yeah, because you get so wrapped up in what you're doing and you don't realize at one point you were like a young kid working at a film lab and just dreaming of like shooting pictures and now you are And there's other people that are working on your sets that they're they're dreaming of being a photographer one day. So it's like whenever you're there, like they'll say like, oh, well, what are you doing with that light? And you say, oh, yeah, come over here. Let me show you this. Or, hey, go work with my buddy Nick over here. He's going to show you how to set up light stands. And someone will say, oh, okay, cool. And Nick will say like, this is how you set up a light stand. Do this, this, and this. Now, I'm doing those sorts of things and like helping other people come up is important, I think. It is important. Thank you so much because with this conversation, I bet you really helped a lot of people and I want to say a big thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. This is officially the end of the interview with Luke Wooden. It was super amazing and I think it's just so important to remind ourselves exactly what he said, that we need to be grateful for what we have and what we have achieved. Because it's super easy for all of us to be judgmental towards our work and to be super critical. But at the same time, we must admit that we have walked a really long way and we deserve the place that we have. So guys, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you feel like you love this podcast and you're always getting some value out of it, you might want to know that we have a Patreon account. By becoming a Patreon member... You are helping this show at the cost of a cup of coffee a month. But also, you get some pretty great perks in return that might actually help you. If you want to check it out, you can go to patreon.com slash photography podcast. Again, patreon.com slash photography podcast. And of course, don't feel pressured to do so if you don't have the financial opportunity. We really appreciate having you here, guys. We enjoy every second of it, and that's exactly the reason why I'm super happy to say that I'm going to see you on Friday. Bye.